0: us today on episode number 61 of the Real Life Runners podcast. We all know them. There's the weekend racer, the bling chasers, the people that love to run every local race and like to sign up for every marathon and half marathon. They're racing all the time. Is that the best choice? Can you race too much? What are the benefits of racing a lot and what are some of the downfalls?
1: This is the Real Life Runners podcast and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So today's episode is all about the constant racer. You know him. You probably got a friend. It might be you. If there's a race on the calendar, it's on your race schedule.
0: Yes. There are people that absolutely love to race and that's awesome. There are, there's nothing wrong with people that love racing by any means.
1: No, I, there's and, – and I I know who they are around me too because it's – they're in the races that, that I've done. They're in the races that I've gone and cheered you. It's still – it's that – hey, I, I know that guy. Oh,
0: yeah. You always know that guy. You don't know their name.
1: No. I have you no have, idea what his name you is. You don't
0: know his name, but you always see him or He's her. Got He's
1: got the same racing singlet every time.
0: Mm-hmm. and And that's just the people that show up at the local
1: races. So the question really is is that a good method to to training and improving what are they getting out of racing every time is there eventually going to be some cumulative mental physical fatigue where they just crumble
0: I think it just depends on the person I think and that's what we're going to talk about today we're going to talk about some of the benefits of racing all the time and some of the downfalls and like we always say it depends on the person it depends on why you're doing it It depends on a lot of different factors that go into why you're running the races and why you're doing what you're doing
1: yeah and we'll get to the giant recap but i think as i like to always do let's start with the most positive side
0: Let's start. Racing is great. Now why is racing so great?
1: There's a lot of amazing things that you get out of racing. Shoot, let's just start with the sense of community.
0: I mean, the running community is so great and there's no better place to really feel that than a race because when you go sh- when you show up at a race, there are people there of all shapes, sizes, ages, cultures, backgrounds. I mean, it's great you see You know, people from five years old or even younger, you know, the little ones in the stroller a lot of times, all the way up to people in their 80s sometimes. I mean, there's some older people around here that love to race and show up and and they like, and like they that, race a lot we were just talking about that remember that 180 year old guy that like races in a speedo yes oh that is not appropriate i'm sorry racing I'm in a sorry. speedo is not
1: necessarily the most appropriate it's more so <laughs> when you tuck the water bottle into the back
0: <laughs> that's right <laughs> yes we have a racer around us and that is his and he's got like a ponytail too i haven't
1: seen him in a little while i
0: haven't either i hope he's still around
1: hopefully he just found some shorts
0: <laughs> maybe he just found some shorts so we don't recognize him <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, but it's it's a great community because in in a race there's there's so much raw emotion going. And running is one of these things that transcends language. You don't need to speak the same language. You don't need to have the same cultural background. You both identify as runner in a race and that's that's a common bond.
0: That's so funny that you say that because I was just talking to one of our clients last week and we were doing a recap of the Chicago Marathon. Yeah. And her she was telling me how her GPS watch was not working during the marathon because Chicago of all the tall buildings She wasn't getting the signal on her watch.
1: Not for the first few miles.
0: Right. And so she was kind of freaking out because she didn't know what pace she was running. And so she tried to ask the lady next to her, (laughs) you know, what's your pace? And the the woman was – did not speak English. not a chance. Yeah, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't – you know, and she kind of basically said, I don't speak English. And so – our, our client was like, oh, shoot, now what am I going to do? So mm-hmm. then she went and found somebody else, you well, know. but It's
1: Chicago, so there's like 50,000 of them. Right. She probably found somebody yeah, else. she looked to
0: her right then <laughs> <laughs> instead of her left. But it's true, though, because just because you don't speak the same language it doesn't mean that you're not all just out there doing the same thing. So running just brings that sense of community and racing specifically. It. it gives you that camaraderie that you're all out there trying to push yourselves in this race and you're all kind of experiencing the same thing. It's obviously different for every single person, but you're out there pushing yourself and everyone around you knows what that is like.
1: Right. It's a it's a chance to test yourself. It's this point of motivation that you can constantly be pushing for and reaching for. The question, and we'll kind of keep talking about it as we go along, is how much is that race a motivator if you've got another one the next weekend and the next weekend and the next weekend?
0: Right. And it all just depends on your perspective on each race.
1: Right. Okay. But one of the biggest things about racing, in my opinion, is there is no better way to prepare for a race than to be in a Race.
0: Right. And I mean, every race is different, but you're still getting that racing experience because when you, part of the fear and part of the nervousness of a race is that fear of the unknown, right? You don't know what's going to happen that day, how your body's going to feel, how your body is going to respond to all the training that you've just done. There's all of that fear of the unknown, and that that causes those pre race nerves. And that's a lot of what I experienced in, in my last 5K is just. No, You know, f- trying to figure out what to do and just being very nervous because it had all built up to that one race. And so when you have a lot of different races on your calendar where you're racing every weekend or every couple of weeks, you don't have a huge buildup to one specific race necessarily.
1: Right. And even if you start having, you know, you space them out and you're you're hitting like one big race a month, just the more racing background you have. Even a 5K race just gives you the experience of being in a race. So when you go off and you do a 10K, a half marathon, whatever the race is, you're familiar with the racing environment. Yeah. Do you
0: still get nervous when you start a race?
1: Depends on what race it is. Like if it's something big that I'm – there's – Like a few thousand people around me, and I'm trying to win. There's a little bit of nerves, but I'll tell you the first, the okay, the second marathon I ran because technically I ran the second full the second full marathon I ran.
0: Your first as an adult, my first as an adult, my first
1: post college, my first not like first real the first one that I was aiming for a time. I didn't just grab my roommate in college and be like, "Hey, let's do Chicago," and you know then studying got in the way, and I kind of didn't train for the three weeks up to it, and. the first time that I trained all the way through, I still knew in the back of my mind, I've raced a marathon. And so yeah. I think that took some of the nerves. There was still a lot of questions of like, did I train correctly for this thing? But I knew that I had physically done it before. Mm-hmm. And I'd just been in so <coughs> many races by that point in time.
0: Was your your first full, that was Space Coast, right? My f- in 16? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was the first full. And I mean, there was so many people at the starting line. I'd done plenty of races with lots of people in the starting line. There's so many really fast people. I ran in plenty of races in college where there were lots and lots of really fast people. Like that part just doesn't mess with me that there's, there's a lot of people. What if that person goes really fast? And none of that really phases me because I've, mm-hmm. I've just been there so many times.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, so that's a huge ex- experience, you know, benefit of all of those races is that it really does help to quell your nerves a bit.
1: Right. So in that in that aspect, racing is great. There is huge benefits on so many different levels to racing a lot.
0: Right. And so the second point that we want to make is that racing is can be a method of training for other races. Like running shorter or smaller races can be a way to train for other races races in the future
1: right this is this is how you could conceivably race almost every weekend. I still think that racing every weekend is a little little nuts, but um that's also because I'm cheap and I don't like to pay all the entry fees. So um, but you could race it does all the time. Get
0: very it gets expensive, really expensive, especially
1: expensive. when you start adding in halves. Halves and fulls start getting real expensive. Yeah, you
0: have to have a race budget if you're living in real life.
1: <laughs> so um but some people struggle, especially if you're doing a lot of training on your own. How do you bring the appropriate intensity to workout after workout? Yeah. How, you know, how do you go through like a six mile tempo run when you're just out there solo. Yeah. Well, the answer is sign up for a 10K, Mm
0: -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a benefit of running with people, running with a group is that you have those people around to run with you and to push you. I even said that in my workout last week with my girls is I know I would not have pushed myself as hard on that effort-based workout if they were not with me. I would have totally eased up on myself. So if you don't have a running group like that that will push you, then a race is a good way for you to surround yourself with other people that will push you.
1: Of course. And that's, that's a great benefit to help you train a little bit harder, especially if you're you tend to be solo.
0: Right. So each race then becomes like a stepping stone.
1: Right. And in this aspect, you want to train through some races Mm -hmm. you know you're not constantly tapering or trying to peak for every single race right
0: and that's what we tell our cross-country kids like during the season is some of the races that you're going to run especially early in the season your legs are going to be tired because we are not pulling back we are training through these races these races are stepping stones to get you to championship season we're not trying to you're not trying to hit your best time in september
1: Right. It's, it's racing fatigued. You know, you, you get used to training on tired legs. So later in the season, when you take some of that fatigue out and you're feeling fresh at the starting line, you just watch the times go down. And the kids are like, I PR'd by a minute and a half. I'm like, that's because your coaches know what they're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Your legs
0: are fresh. It wasn't
1: magic. (laughs) Like that's how it works is. But every once in a while, you get the kids like, how come they PR by a minute and a half? And I just, I ran my PR back in September. I'm like, well, that's because you take seven AP classes and you haven't slept since September. Right. So your body is you just were more exhausted. Rested. <laughs> you, you were rested at the start of school before the cumulative effect of school hit yeah, you. Yeah, so, that's a very good point to know. make.
0: Well, it's the same thing in real life too, of not just the kids that are running in high school, but even we real life runners that's the same thing that people go through they they wonder why they didn't hit a PR you know after 3 months of training for a race or 4 months of training for a race yep. and it's like okay well look at all the other aspects of what's going on in your life yeah. you've been working 80 hours a week and your kid now you have a newborn and now you have this and now you have that there's all of those things that are also weighing on you outside of just the training
1: or you kept everything in your life the same but on top of it you added marathon training right and you did it all in like the pre-dawn hours so you took like two hours of sleep away every day and replaced it with running Mm -hmm. eventually your body said i'm tired
0: yeah exactly so so these races that we run can be very good preparation for other races in the future
1: yeah. We already mentioned one that 10K races are in fact a great way to do sort of an extended tempo steady state run. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best ways to train for a half. Yeah. Like if you could run, like race a 10K every two to three weeks in preparation for a half marathon, that'd be fantastic.
0: Really? Every two to three weeks?
1: Totally. You'd, you'd kind of intersperse 10K race, long run, 10K race, long run. <laughs> <laughs> that way you get everything. Okay. Um, yeah, I
0: did that in my last training cycle. I had a 10K, My actually my first 10K. Yes. And it was three weeks before my half.
1: Right. You know, when when you're training for a a full marathon, a lot of people like six weeks out like to do essentially a practice run. And for for professionals, they go out and they get a whole training group around them in this environment or they can go in for like an appearance fee and run part of a, a full marathon for real life runners sign up for a half about six weeks out from a full If you can handle the cost expense of hitting both races, that's a great prep to check and see and make sure that you're where you're at. It's six weeks out. So if you need to do something, you still got about three weeks to work with before you hit like peaking phase. Mm -hmm. But it's a good check to see where you're at.
0: Yeah. And what about 5Ks in during half marathon training?
1: <laughs> 5Ks are just fun during yeah. half marathon training. Mm-hmm. Like you're doing so much training on, on the longer, slower stuff. So you probably aren't going to go out and hit a 5K PR, but it could just be a nice relaxing time just to instead of going out and hitting another grueling long run or mile repeats or something go out and connect with the community around you and run a 5k
0: yeah and then you just add on a longer warm up or a longer cool down to get your miles in to make sure you're still hitting what you need to hit for your half marathon training
1: totally yeah. i mean you could you could put this into full marathon training you could get like a 20 mile day mm-hmm. do an extended warm up race a 5k, do an extended cooldown, and get in a long run with
0: some speed, with in, the some speed in the middle of yeah, it. Yeah. That actually be, would be fantastic training. It's,
1: it's really good training method actually. Like yeah. this, and, and you can still get out and race and connect and you're like, Oh, but after the race, I like to enjoy the after stuff. Well then make sure that you get a really long warm warmup, yeah. run the race, do a couple mile cooldown, and then enjoy the after hoopla. Mm-hmm a racing half marathons is also a good way to just sort of add a little bit extra intensity to your long run for anything from prep for a half for a 10k if you're you're getting in some some longer runs some like 10 12 13 mile kind of runs you could put in a pushed effort 13 even up to a full marathon that half marathon race is a great long run prep for any of them
0: mm-hmm. and i, I- I know that you like to do this in some of your training plans and some of our different athletes where you will do the speed work in the middle of a long run so that the long run is not necessarily as long as some of the other runs, but with the speed in the middle of it, then that gives your body and your legs the same effect of the fatigue of the miles, yeah. I mean, some people, someone
1: who's, and it totally depends on the person. Right. But it's a great method of instead of having to go out there. Say you're training for a, a full marathon. Instead of going out there and consistently trying to hit like eighteen to twenty miles for your long run on the weekend, pull back, hit like twelve to fourteen miles, but put some speed into the middle of it. Right. So that speed puts. It, it makes your legs heavy and then you still have six miles to get through at the end. And that's the kind of the big idea of being out there for like a 20 miler is you want time on your feet. You want your legs to be heavy and tired by the end of it and you're still pushing. Mm-hmm. If you can make your legs feel tired and heavy at mile like six you still have six miles to go. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the big aspects is the mental idea of getting through plenty of more miles when your legs are already saying, and I'm done. Yeah,
0: and it helps to minimize some of the risk of some of those longer mile runs. Right, because well. you,
1: you reduce the actual time on your feet, right. but you still get the good benefit.
0: Right. And another benefit of planning races within your training cycle and racing frequently is it gives you a great chance to practice your fueling and your hydration and your pacing techniques because all of that just takes practice and if you're going out by yourself doing like the longer slower runs in preparation for a marathon or a half marathon you don't always have those chances to practice your pacing and fueling and hydration and Pre race routine, I mean, that's a big one too. Is oh, that is
1: a big you one, you know, your
0: pre race routine trying to get make sure that whatever you're eating is not going to upset your stomach, all of that, and that just takes practice and trial and error. So, if you're racing frequently, you have a lot of chances to practice those things and to try different things to find out what works best for you.
1: Yeah, the fueling is a big one, like a lot of people. When when training for something like a half or a full marathon, they bring some fuel with them on their run, but they do it on like their long, slow run and they can take in the fuel mm-hmm. nice and easy on a long, slow run. Or they'll even like put down a goo or a gel or whatever the thing is when they hit a stoplight yeah. and they're not even moving. And suddenly it's a race and they're trying to do Ugh. it and they're moving at a faster speed and they start choking on things.
0: Yeah. That's what exactly what happened to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was... I had practiced using raisins as my fuel for my last half marathon. And during my training, the raisins were perfect. And then as soon as I hit the race and I put them in my mouth at mile five, I thought they were the grossest thing ever and I did not want to chew. And I wanted to just spit them out. And I didn't have any more after that. So then my fueling was all messed up. But it was because of the intensity of that race. You know, how hard I was pushing myself that – I was trying to, I was running it like a minute and a half faster per mile than i was training at yeah that's so a big difference you
1: you didn't have the ability to close your mouth and chew because you were breathing through your mouth to get in enough oxygen so you chewing, didn't pass out on the side yeah, of yeah chewing
0: it, just took too much energy no that's
1: way too much energy yeah, yeah it's funny because for uh, like last marathon training cycle i i take the raisins or dates or something like that on a training run but during the actual Whoa, race itself I, I would never i like taking something that i would have to chew just seems way too much yeah you know, maybe maybe a decade from now, if I go run an ultra, I'll bring a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and chew it. But
0: there you go.
1: <laughs> but in in a half, I'm not chewing anything. No,
0: definitely not me anymore either. OK, so obviously there are a lot of benefits to frequent racing. However, there's always a flip side and we always like to look at both sides. So there is such a thing as over racing. And that's what we're going to talk about now.
1: All right. And we kinda of mentioned this a few episodes ago with it's it's in the same realm as the big motivational speech. You can only dig super deep so often.
0: Right. So it depends on how intensely you would you're you're choosing to run all of these races, really.
1: Right. That that's what I say is I think you can really only over race if you are very keyed in on what the time says when you cross the finish line yeah
0: exactly instead of using it as a checkpoint you want a pr in every single race like that's just not going to happen when you race frequently it just won't
1: yeah i mean if you're if you're a 5k weekend kind of person you're essentially going to have a consistent 5k race time you were talking to somebody i don't know a few weeks ago and they had just run a, a 5k over the weekend you said how'd it go they're like oh yeah i, I ran the same time that i always run so it went well because they race All the time, and so that's their that's their racing time, and and they're within a few
0: seconds of each other,
1: and they're totally comfortable with it, and so that's fine. In that case, there's not really over racing, but if you're really keyed on the time, like I wouldn't race a 5k a few days before a marathon. I (laughs) I certainly wouldn't reverse the options and race a marathon a few days before I try and PR in a 5k. Yeah, no, like that just seems like a crazy idea, right? So there's there's some reality to this. Of if you're really keyed in on hitting a time, then yes, over racing shows up. Um,
0: Another time that you can over race is when you start to get tired and it's it doesn't it's not fun for you anymore. I mean that is definitely a good indicator that maybe you're racing too much and you're not having fun doing it. it it's time to pull back and. Not race as much.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're struggling like, ah, I I don't want to pin the number on today. That's too much. Maybe just go out for a relaxing run or take an off day. You don't have to race every single weekend. You know, there's some people who gain great success from every weekend. The, uh... You know, we've talked about her regularly, Desi, L- Desi Linden winning the Boston Marathon, but we kind of skipped the guy who won the Boston Marathon, mm-hmm. the Japanese guy. Uh-huh. He races constantly. Oh, really? It races everything from like the mile up to 50 mile ultra, ultra marathons. Really? And over the course of the year, he averages out to roughly a marathon a year, like a marathon a month. Wow. So, when he won Boston in April, I think that was his, it was at least his fourth marathon of the year, maybe more.
0: Wow. Like
1: he races all the time. There's
0: not a lot of professionals that do that.
1: He's technically still an amateur. Oh. He's just an amateur who can run a 208 marathon.
0: Holy moly.
1: Yeah. Um, when he first got into running, he didn't make the like sponsored circuit in Japan. Okay. And so he, he still funds himself and now takes pride. He, he considers himself like the citizens runner. Like he's the runner of the people because mm-hmm. he didn't get the corporate sponsor when he first got out of school. And that's sort of how it works. And as As far as I, I understand it in the Japanese running culture, you sort of make one of these corporate teams and he didn't. Mm. And so once he kind of missed the thing, it seems like now, now he takes ownership of, he's the runner of the people and he, he pays for his own race entries and stuff like that. And he loves racing and he's really good at it. And he's able to not take this like ridiculous physical cumulative build up and just get broken. He just keeps building and getting stronger. Okay. So when he get gets put into a race like Boston back in April, where it was horribly ridiculous conditions, mm-hmm. He gets it. Yeah. You know, when we were talking earlier, he doesn't get get nervous or get thrown by something in a race because he's been in it before. So like worst weather conditions that Boston's seen in a long time, he didn't care. He just went out and ran because it was another race. He <laughs> had another one in a few weeks. He had another one a couple of weeks ago. It's another marathon and off he goes.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of professional athletes, a lot of the elites that just dropped out early on in Boston.
1: Yeah. he He didn't worry about it. It was right. a race. Let's go. Yeah
0: okay, so he's obviously used to racing all the times, and those you were just kind of talking about some of the benefits of racing all the time, but back to let 's get back to over racing when when racing all the time becomes a negative so another reason that racing frequent frequently can be a negative is that it sometimes makes fitting in key workouts into your training plan difficult because you are trying to make sure that your legs are fresh for the race so you don't want to overtire your legs so then you're not hitting some of the workouts that you need to hit in order to become faster and this is one of the challenges with our cross-country team and with just you know high school and college racing in general when you have so many frequent races you have to figure out when the right days are to put the workouts in.
1: Yeah, it's a huge challenge. If you race on Saturday, can you really hit a hard workout on Tuesday? Are you fully recovered? If you don't hit the workout on Tuesday and you have to push it till Wednesday, you can't hit another one in the week. If you have another race the next Saturday, mm-hmm. then you're only hitting like one workout a week. Were you aiming for two? Where are you even going to put a long run in? Right. The long run is the one I struggle with with cross mm-hmm. country kids because we tend to have races on Saturday mornings. Right. And,
0: so if you're running a race on Saturday morning, then you don't want to give them a long run on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there are... There or are, Monday. There's schools around us that do it. They yeah. do their long run on Sunday or they they do a double day.
0: Yeah, well, they like to overtrain their athletes. Yeah,
1: well, there's, there's some people that do doubles during the week and it sort of counts as a long run. So they'll do a morning and an afternoon practice. Mm-hmm. And so on that day, they'll build up and have like 8 to 10 miles.
0: Yeah, but I mean, outside of the school system, there's a lot of challenge for the real life runners out there of where do we fit in the race plus the strength training, plus the speed work, plus my kids' ballet recital, plus soccer mm-hmm. practice, plus all of these things.
1: Plus a recovery day from time to time.
0: Right. And and that's, you know, the, if you listen to some of these Um, elite coaches and uh, different running blogs and websites and things like that. They'll say, make the hard days hard and make the easy days easy. So on your hard workout days, you should also do your hard strength training days so that you just fatigue your body and then actually have a recovery day, a nice, easy rest and recovery day.
1: Like That's great, but I have 45 minutes for my workout before it's time to get back, shower real quick, and get the kids up so they can go to school.
0: Right, and then the next day that's supposed to be my easy recovery day, I have to start at 6 a.m. to get this person here, that person there. I have to get to work. I have to do this at school. There's a PTA meeting. There's a homeroom mom class party. There's a million other things going on. So, yeah, you're not running, but are you really recovering?
1: Yeah, that doesn't count. You haven't, <laughs>
0: like, and you're up until, you know, what are we 10 it's almost ten thirty while when we're recording this because this is the first time we've had available since we had our like school festival and carnival all weekend long and you yeah, know
1: life happens what and happens. recovery days aren't necessarily recovery days you know you're like well i tried to make it a recovery day but it turns out i actually got more steps on that day than i did the day before <laughs> when i ran six miles like you're just on your feet constantly right. you know chasing the kids around during cross country and trying to like get to the mile and the two mile mark and cheer them on and stuff. Like I try and put their race days on my hard days because I'm like sprinting all over the course. That's never a recovery day. No. So it's, it's tricky to balance everything out and to make it all fit in. You kind of need some organization. You need a plan. Mm -hmm. And if that means that you need to miss a race so that you can, you can kind of push towards a bigger goal race Mm -hmm. in the future, then maybe that's the way to do it, you know, or you're going to end up missing a long run, missing a race. You have to try and weigh the benefits of all the different workouts, but still find a way to hit as many different sort of check boxes as you can Mm -hmm. between strength and speed and, and active recovery and Mm -hmm. long run and all of them.
0: Right. Exactly. And try to find that balance for yourself. So there is, there are a lot of benefits of racing frequently, and there are downfalls as well. So ultimately, figure out why you want to race, why you want to do that specific race. Maybe that, the cause for that race, maybe the charity that of the, that race is supporting, is something that is very near and dear to your heart, and that race doesn't fall on a great weekend for you. There's a lot going on, but that. Charity is something that's very very important to you. Then you make that race work, but go into it with the right mindset go into it making sure that you are thinking, you know, is this a race that I really want to push and try to run my personal record in or is this just a race that I want to run so that I can support the cause but not mess up my training cycle for my half marathon that's in three weeks.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, with that in mind, you got to make sure that, that you're racing correctly. Maybe that next race really is just a workout, Mm -hmm. you know, or maybe you've just been, you've been feeling really flat. All of your race times have just seemed to be hitting a plateau and you're exhausted all the time. Maybe that next race just doesn't exist at all.
0: Yeah. Maybe you just skip that one Yeah, and take us, take some... Sleeping time.
1: Yeah. Or maybe you're not all that concerned at all what the clock says. You just enjoy the running community so much and racing is so much fun for you mm-hmm. that you just go out and race all the time. Yeah. And if that's the case, go for it. Get as many race, race charms around your neck as you possibly race can. Race
0: charms? That's not Medals? The, medals. <laughs>
1: <What's>,
0: <laughs> it's late, like we said. And you know, another way to really run races without having to worry about your time is to do them with your friends, especially friends that maybe you're a little faster than some of your friends and you want to help them hit some of their best times. You can run your races so it's not a super hard race for you, but it's you're helping your friends along and, you know, trying to get there. Better times. Yeah, I that's mean, a really it, fun reason to run a race. It's a great way to run I a love race. Running races like that,
1: running races for fun, running races with a group of friends. I mean, I know it's kind of the opposite of the don't don't spend a huge amount of money on it, but destination races. When you mm-hmm. ran out in Napa, that was you had a blast and almost hit your PR. Yeah, because it was it was just such an enjoyable overall race experience. Yeah,
0: exactly. Okay, so I think that about wraps it up for today. Thank you guys so much for joining us. For our show notes and links to all the resources that we have including our coaching programs and our t-shirts and tank tops you can go over to the website at realliferunners.com Ultimately what it all comes down to is figure out why you're doing the race. Figure out why you're entering so many races and if that is worth it to you then go for it. Have fun with races. Races are great and if you don't race a lot maybe think about jumping into some races for some of the benefits that we talked about today and if you feel like you might be racing too much if the fun has kind of fallen out of it or if you're getting really tired and you just need a rest then it's okay to say no to some of those races or to not do the ones that you've signed up for and listen to your body figure out you know what is the best thing for you right now that should help you make your decision Thank you for joining us today, and we will talk to you next week.